0: The following podcast is a She Did It and sydneynanberg.com production. Welcome back to the She Did It podcast. My name is Sydney Nanberg and I am the creator and founder of She Did It and sydneynanberg.com, your self-care and mindset resource. If you are listening to this, thank you because you are committed to investing in your own personal growth and development and I appreciate you being a contributor to this community. My intention is to consistently share valuable information and lessons to help you live a fulfilling life. I want you to come here looking for inspiration and leave with the tools you need to take on whatever it is you are going after. Achieving fulfillment starts with taking the first step and you're doing it. Hey guys, it's Sydney, and I have been waiting for today's episode. You guys are going to love it. We are getting super real and talking about what it takes to build a community, putting an end to violence, and achieving what you want in life. I am joined today by Kate Pearson. Kate is an incredible woman who has her hands in a little bit of everything, which I love because I do also. She is a photographer, food stylist, turned blogger, turned social media manager. She became the host of her top-ranked podcast, She's Hungry, now pivots her attention to the world of entrepreneurship as she leads a collaborative community founded in bold leadership, serving first and taking action to create your best life from the one you have. Kate and I are being entirely open. There is no filter here. We are giving our honest opinion and sharing everything that we know and feel about these topics. So if you are interested, then keep on listening and let's dive in. Welcome to the She Did It podcast. Kate, I am so grateful to have you here.
1: Oh my gosh, Sydney. I, after our last conversation about recording our episodes, I could not stop talking about you. I couldn't, I was so inspired by our conversation that I think I didn't stop talking about you for almost like three days. Oh, Oh my God. You're the best. I feel like our conversation last time was, I was like,
0: I was on a roll. Like I was telling people about it too. And I was like, Oh my God, I have to have this girl on my podcast. She is seriously the best. Like we have so much in common. so I'm so excited to have you here because I feel like a lot of people can learn from our conversation and what we have to say. And there might be other people out there too, who can totally relate. And you know, I know who you are and what you're doing, but for those who don't, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself to everyone?
1: Yeah, so my name is Kate Pearson. I am actually the host behind the She's Hungry podcast. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. I run a collaborative community called She's Hungry Co. And yeah, I'm a photographer, a social media manager. I, All I do in this life is find more ways to serve more people in the ways that I've been blessed to um, really like find strength and skill sets and resources to just help. And that's kind of how the podcast came to be. And it's sharing people's stories and it's blessed me with the opportunity to meet just amazing people. But I moved out here from Portland or I moved out to Portland from Pennsylvania three years ago. And that's just been my journey one day at a time ever since. So it's, it's been really remarkable and just completely life-changing, especially the last year where I've taken on um, running She's Hungry completely full-time. So I haven't had a job working for somebody else for that amount of time and just really starting to host events over the last eight months has completely flipped my life on its head. But just the amount of people that I've been able to connect with and support through this journey has been absolutely amazing. And that's how I got to meet you and a bunch of everybody, a bunch more people that are going to be on the show. And it's just, it's just been, I'm kind of speechless and that never happens to me.
0: <laughs> no. And I think you, you, you're sharing such an amazing message and it's empowering so many people. And I'm all about building supportive communities and community is something that I can tell you've successfully built and in this day and age it's also so important that we use social media to our advantage in a positive way and that's exactly what you're doing and I'm kind of speechless too because you know running my own podcast now too and having it be successful has it's become successful because of the community that you know I'm sure you've noticed this too that you've been able to build and it's and like we were just talking about before we even started this episode it's just really crazy the amazing people that you come in contact with when you try to do good
1: for this world. And it's really, really refreshing. Oh my gosh, 100%. Like 100%, I couldn't have said it better. It's when you say yes to whatever it is that you're called to do in this life. Like that voice or like that nagging inside of you saying like, I wonder if I could do this thing. That is your heart trying to get your head out of its way and that is where you come from a place of service that's where you show up as your best self and when you do that consistently the those people that resonate with that message and your community they I mean it it's like gravitational pull and just through this journey to be able to um yeah like really cultivate that that kind of community and that kind of serving experience the people that have came and that have showed up are, have just completely blown me away. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally on the
0: same page. And so you're the host of this amazing, she's hungry podcast, which everyone needs to check out, uh, where you're inspiring so many people. When did you decide to start your own podcast?
1: Yeah. So I, um, like I said, about it's a year and some change ago in May, I was working at an agency full time, um, doing what I went to college to do. So I have a Bachelor's of Science in Digital Photography and I moved out here to Portland to be a food photographer. And oh. um, yeah, about two 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 and a half years into it, I was working at an agency full-time doing food photography, which was amazing. It's like every person's dream when they go to college and you put so much money into college to be able to have a career on the other side of it that what what you got your degree in. And so I did that. Plus it was for a company at the time that our values were very much in alignment. So that same like sense of serving, of giving content and um, material to smaller brands to compete with larger brands on social media and SEO and things like that. And so when I first started working there, I was super, I felt super fulfilled. I was really excited about the next chapter of my life. And then about a year later, Um, We started to get a, like a bunch of larger name brand clients. And when that happens, especially with small companies, you have a decision to make. You either stick to your guns and you stick with your, how you built your business. And you kind of, I don't want to say suffer the consequences because I don't think that that's how it has to be. But that's kind of how, when you're in this place of fear and scarcity, people see it as like, if I don't do what this larger company asks me to do or how they ask me to do it, then they're not going to want to work with me and like hashtag money problems. (laughs) Um, and, (laughs) and, um, so my company, my very small company at the time started to take on these larger companies. And so our workflow started to shift. And in that, because I am one of the main cogs in this wheel, of producing content, being one of the photographers, my workflow had to start shifting. And so I started working more hours, longer hours, not getting paid for them, despite the fact that I was a full-time like employee and it was just slowly sucking my soul out. And I started the podcast because I needed a place to be honest about where I was at in my life, about being in my mid twenties, Having a job that for all tens and purposes, I'm supposed to be like over the moon so grateful for that right. anybody would be like, I mean, I had so many people, they're like, you work for a small company, you don't go until nine, you have happy hour on Fridays, on like some Fridays, you get to actually work from home, like you haven't made. And inside, I'm dying because I can't tell the truth about how I don't feel like it's actually really serving my higher purpose and you don't have a space to be honest. And so it wasn't just about the job, but it was about like, what did I want to do with my life going into this next chapter where like, we're all quote supposed to have it figured out, um, where I was like, I don't think that this job is it. And I don't know how to, I don't have a space to be honest about it. And it wasn't that I started the podcast to like bash my job. I, I really like to clarify that. It was that I started the podcast, to be honest, about going in and transitioning in this place as a woman in her mid to late 20s, trying to figure out how to follow her purpose and how to follow her heart in a world that we're constantly being told other things. And vulnerability is like not cool in the office place or whatever. And so I really wanted to spread that message. And so starting the podcast in honestly, if my first couple of episodes are still on like iTunes, Apple podcasts, whatever. Um, and they're absolutely terrible. Like they're not good in my opinion, but I just had a woman like over the weekend message me and she's like, I just listened to episode one and I just kept screaming. Yes. Like, yes, yes, yes. She's like, I'm like dying. My husband thinks I'm crazy. I'm, I like it. It makes me, it, it makes me so happy to hear that these messages really resonated with people because I was so lost and then to kind of wrap up this story after I started the podcast about like three or four weeks later my boss um, called me into her office and both of the co-partners of the company were there and they basically said like hey we don't think you're like values and your future is in alignment with the future of this company. We listen to your podcast. Um, so oh, you can't sit with us. And they fired me. And it was wow. just, yeah, it was, but it was also like, there's a, there's like other um, factor not with my company, but like I went to a seminar that really forced me into a space to be really honest with myself about who I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up in the world. And mm-hmm. I was like, it's like when you open Pandora's box, you cannot possibly put everything back in. And, and then it just, when, it's when this so all true. happened, yeah. Like when this meeting happened, it was like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> I
0: can't. Right. Do both. Right. And there's so much pressure in society too. And it's like, you know, if you really want to be happy, sometimes You have to take those risks and you should be able to be vulnerable and to speak your truth. And the fact that it's, you know, like you said, kind of like not a thing in the workplace. Like, if you're you're okay with that, great. You know, you like, I'm a big, like, you have to do what's going to make you happy. But like, if you're not happy, then you made the right choice to go and try something different, especially being in your 20s, because that's the time to figure this stuff out. And if a company doesn't like it, well, then it's almost a blessing in disguise, even though sometimes in the moment it might not feel like it, because it's pushing you in the direction where you're meant to be. And so I think that the fact that you use the podcast as a, a way to, you know, get your voice heard and get what you have to say out there is so incredible. And it's something that I I that's what I'm doing too, because there are so many people out there who can really relate. And podcasting is a great way to get the attention of other people and let other people know that they're
1: not alone and help add value to people's lives and build that community. Oh my God. Absolutely. I have so many people um, recently, especially like podcasting has become so huge. And over the last like couple of months, I've had so many people reach out to me and ask like, oh, I want to start a podcast. How do I do it? How do I do it? How do I do it? And like shamelessly plug here, like asterisk mark. But I decided finally after taking a, a mastermind course or masterclass or whatever with, uh Amy Porterfield about course creation. I'm like okay. I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to do it. I'm just going to put like a uh like what did I call it? Like Truth Be Told Podcasting 101. That's what the course is called and it's like everything you need to know about getting set up, about like getting your podcast like like SEO, how to pitch people to be on your sh- or like to be on your show, how to pitch yourself to be on other people's shows, things like that because I have screwed up so many times. Yeah. <laughs> and, okay. In the last like year and a half, like it's been a, there are times that I'm like, this is a train wreck. Like this is, this is, I don't even, I don't even think this is going anywhere. I don't know why I think anything I questioned so much. I failed so much. Some episodes were just like so bad. And, um, and even just like navigating when people want to be on your show, um, how to say no and set that boundary because this is your house and your creation and you've got to be respectful of that on both ends. Sure. So yeah, in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure since this podcast will be till this podcast comes out, I'm sure it'll still be probably like a month or so out, but I'm going to be putting together a live, um, kind of workshop course on, it's called truth be told podcasting. Cause I'm like, I'm so tired of, all the resources out there getting like just super convoluted. And I'm like, no, look, I don't, I don't care if you listen to my show. I don't care, whatever. All I want you to know is that you can do this. It's not that hard. And mm-hmm. like, here's, here's like what I've learned. And it's just, I think that's I, so valuable. Thank you. I just think it's really exciting. Cause I think that there's so many people out there that they, when they say, oh, I want to have a podcast to somebody that has a podcast, the podcaster, the current podcaster rolls their eyes because it's, they think quote, it's like gonna get it to be a saturated market. But in my opinion, I'm so, hey Sydney, am I allowed to swear on your show? Yes. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I am so fucking excited about it because when people wanna show up with their story and their skill set and the value that they bring to the table and share it on such an accessible platform and also with like their heart and to also interview people that to be, or like, and have discussions with people to bring other perspectives to the table on, again, such an accessible platform. Like we have such an opportunity to easily learn about so many things just by listening and engaging. And I'm kind of a nerd. Like sometimes when I listen to a podcast that I'm really excited about, um, educationally, I always take notes, but it is just so (laughs) valuable. Like, yeah, like I, it, it's just such an accessible place and to be to shame anyone or roll your eyes when somebody says that they want a podcast. Like speak your voice, speak your truth. Like there's enough damn wall out here for all of us. Like it is it is just so valuable to like tell your story and if you feel like you can do it on a podcast then I want to help you do it and it's it is just I just get so like this is such a topic cuz I get so pumped about it cuz I think that there's just so much value in human connection that well, I agree. I mean, in a lot of places. So
0: true. And, you know, a lot of people reach out to me also about pod, about creating a podcast and they're like, how do you do it? I'm like, it's, it's really not that hard. And the thing is that we all have a different voice. We all have a different truth. We all have a different story. We all have a different purpose. And while some of some of it might be similar, it's not the same. I mean, just because there could be two people doing the exact same thing, but you like one person better because their message for some reason, the way that they're saying it, whatever it is, it resonates with you better. I mean, there's so much opportunity. And this is just, it's a really positive way to make a difference. And one thing that I, and this is kind of what goes along with what you've been talking about, is that I love that you talk about empowering a community and collective growth. And I am in complete alignment with that. So what do you think is the biggest issue in our society today when it comes to going after what we want and growing? in a positive direction
1: I think that the the I love that you asked me this I'm like geeking out over <laughs> here a little bit okay so I the I okay so everybody thinks that mindset and like your own like the voice inside your head is the dream squisher and let me tell you like it is a powerful force but the dream crusher like the connection like like the problem is isolation. That mm-hmm. is the answer. Is that we need to get out of our own space, get out of our own heads, like get out of our own judgment, our own negative feedback reel, and start showing up and being honest. And mm-hmm. when you can do that in communities of people, you will find so many people raising their hand saying, Me too. And me too. Oh my God, you feel that way? I do too. And one of my greatest, like greatest moments of my life so far um, in my almost 29 years of living, it has been at one of my events. I did an exercise where I asked people to be brave and I said, I would anyone here feel comfortable saying like their biggest, scariest dream, their impossible goal out loud and people raised their hand. I was so grateful because I was like, oh, God, what if nobody raises their hand? Um, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, people raised their hand and they said their goals or their dreams. And yeah. then I said, OK, by a show of hands, the people in this room, if you feel like you could help them get started or take the first step or, you know, somebody who would be eager to help them get started or take the first step. I'd love for you to raise your hand. And so many hands went up and the look on those people's faces. Thank you. Oh my God. It's been the greatest. It like gives me goosebumps every time I tell it because I, I got so emotional because that is, that is the answer. It's that we are so stuck in our own minds and our own feedback reel thinking, saying, Oh, well, I don't know how, or I can't, or I don't have the money or whatever. But actually the only thing you need is to ask more questions and get in front of more people and just speak your truth. Because there are so many people that are going to be willing to help you do things. I mean, I have a financial advisor. I have a wine sponsor for all my events, Spirit Horse Vineyards, um, amazing Heather Rader. She, I have not paid her a dime for wine that's been at any of my events, Lisa spoke at one of my events. She has a company called My Financial Girlfriend and she has literally helped me go from I could never have my own business because I don't make enough money to sustain my life and support it to helping me break it down where I've been profitable in my business every single day for every single month for the last nine months since I've really like opened the doors of She's Hungry Co. And the only reason I've been able to do that is because of Lisa. And I've never paid Lisa a dime. She just heard my story. She heard my heart. And she knew she had the capacity to make it happen. And I'm not saying whoever's listening to this. I I know that there's so many people out there. They're like, look, I am slammed to the max. I have no bandwidth to like give anybody anything for free or whatever, because I get that so much. I'm not saying, I'm not saying you have to pick between uh, putting food on your table or paying your bills or paying your rent or whatever and help and not charging someone for something. That's not what I'm saying. But so many of us have opportunity because there's like another really pain point for me in here is because we waste so much time thinking we're being productive, but we're not. And Mm -hmm. if you could take that time back and dedicate it to answering, just answering somebody's question. Or giving somebody a little bit of feedback on something. Or just simply encouraging someone and, like, allowing them to realize that they're not alone in whatever they're going through or wherever they're at in their journey. Or telling your story to – telling your story in a truthful way so that Mm -hmm. people can really see, like, it's not all rainbows and butterflies and everything shit hits the fan sometimes. Like, that's helping. That is serving And we all have time for that. I totally agree. And, you know, I think that one of the
0: biggest issues also, in addition to that, is social media. And I think that people today are so afraid. They're afraid. They're fearful of, you know, the unknown or of being authentic or of being vulnerable. And, um, you know, younger generations and even older generations spend so much time on their phones, scrolling through profiles and comparing, you know, themselves to others. And that leads to like a lack of confidence and a lack of self-worth and, and a lot of people just don't feel like they are enough to even do that and to even ask and to even give and you know that's another and another issue is cyberbullying because of that but I also think that a lot of good comes from social media you know we get to connect with like-minded people like how you and I connected and have the ability to share this message with people and you know, you have the ability to have your voice heard, and you can change someone's life, and you can add value and build that community. So, I'm curious what your thoughts are on on social media.
1: Yeah, I I have a love hate relationship with social media. Um, I do yeah, because I well, for a lot of the reasons that you say, because it's meant to be a social network. Um, it's meant for people to be able to have accessibility to other people in the world. And I think that tool, that kind of tool in itself is invaluable because it's just, yeah. it's something that, um, at my first dream ever as like a kind of a little segue here, my first dream ever in the whole world <clears throat> was to build libraries in third world countries with the books that we don't utilize here in America anymore, because I got I into that. photography. Thank you. But I, I. But everybody used to say to me, this is what I told my dad when I was 16. Everybody used to say to me, well, Kate, like if you gave them the books, um, like a lot of them wouldn't be able to read the English because they're not a lot of them are English speaking countries. And I said, yeah, but here's the thing. So many of them have pictures and I'm not talking drawings. I mean, photos that Mm -hmm. a child that hasn't been blessed with the accessibility that we have in this country that we so often take advantage of. A child that gets to see a photo of something that is outside of that radius of their life at the time is a child Mm. that gets the opportunity to dream bigger than what they've been given. And a child with a dream is so much healthier, happier than a child without one. And even if, uh, and even if like they never get outside of, wherever they're from, if they never even leave, just the perspective that there are things that are bigger, it instills hope. And I think that when we get access to things like so, and that's something I'm super, hope anchors the soul every day, all day long. And if you give that to a child, it's so powerful. And what social media has been able to give us as like the quote, and I have air quotes up, like the millennial culture, mostly is access to things we would have never had access to and people we would, we might not have ever had access to otherwise in such a visually stimulating way. So I'm super Mm -hmm. grateful for that. But what I think we missed is how, um, uh, I don't want to say, I don't want to say like narcissistic, but like mostly, um, it, I have a, I studied psychology a lot in college and there's like a sense of not narcissism in a sense of what I'm sure everybody's thinking here is like, oh, people are taking selfies and things like that. But I think it mostly comes down to follower count. And when people see the follower count above the name, like if Instagram took a follower count away, what would that mean? Like ask yourself that question. It's so wild because when you go onto somebody's profile and you look at their photos and you read their message and you like their content and you wanna connect with them, you look at their follower count and you're thinking, oh my God, they have millions of followers or hundreds of thousands of followers and I'm gonna message them and they're never gonna answer me. They're never gonna see this. I'm not gonna gain any value from anything because because either they get drowned in their DMs every day or they don't actually look at it themselves because they have somebody else managing it. Cause it's just gotten way whatever. Or you look at their follower count and they only have like a couple hundred, maybe not even a couple hundred or a, just like a couple thousand. And like, so help me God that they don't have 10,000 followers. So they can't do the swipe up. Like, Oh, it's like it, ju- you judge them or you right. judge yourself instantly in that moment because of that number. And it's, created such a barrier between accessibility and what that social community was actually supposed to be about, which was connection and, and like authenticity. And it's, it's not that anymore. So it's like, you know what, Instagram, like, if like Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, if you're listening to this, like, please, I know (laughs) that, that this will never happen, but it's the idea that that follower count rules. That whole platform, and that is absolutely disgusting to me because people are bigger than the numbers in our bank accounts, the number of followers we have. We are bigger than that, and we deserve to be, like, treated and recognized as such. And I think that's the problem with social media. And like you said, I mean, recently we just – I think we talked about this the last time that we talked about. I just downloaded TikTok because it's another social platform that I'm trying – I believe very strongly in my message and I believe very strongly in people. And I think that it is absolutely vital that we instill like unshakable confidence in our next generation youth, because like you said, cyberbullying and things that are going on, the accessibility to people is insane these days. And it is absolutely so vital that we use these platforms, especially the new ones, to like just dump as much value in confidence building that we ever could like that. We could have ever imagined that Instagram, Instagram could have started out as, and like now it's grown into this like jungle, but that I really, I'm starting to download it because like middle schoolers and high schoolers and like the people that are mostly on that platform, they it's like to be able to feed them with that content because that's where they're mostly living is huge. And it's absolutely crucial. Like, absolutely. crucial. I completely agree. And I I,
0: I know I think that everything that you just said is, is totally on point. I mean, the whole thing with the followers, actually, you know, Instagram is going to be taking away likes and everybody is freaking out. And I'm like, so excited because number one, they claim that it's for mental health purposes. I, I'm gonna call BS on that. I think it's, you know, for money, obviously, you know, brand brands and and influencers are paying for followers and for likes and other brands then don't want to then pay them for sponsorships because they're not getting value which means Instagram is losing. And, you know, Instagram, I mean, there's many ways that Instagram is losing because of this. And I'm on the other side and I'm like, take away the likes, like, that's going to let all the authentic people come through. We're going to be able to shift our focus to more important things that actually matter. And the fact that people are even buying likes is sad. It's really sad and disturbing because that's what we're basing our own self-worth self-worth on. And that that to me is a huge, huge problem. And I think that is one of the things social media is can be used for so many p- Positive things, and I, I downloaded TikTok to you and I talked about this. But you know, I think that using it in a positive way is important because I mean, this this I, I don't know society we're living in where we're basing our value off of how many likes and comments and followers we have. It it's horrible. It's it's just not a healthy way to live, and it's resulting in and people are being judgmental. Everything you're saying, I I completely agree and. So I want to know from your opinion, how how do you think we can start using social media for good to get inspired and grow and empower one another? How can everybody as a society work together to do that?
1: I think, oh, this is a tough one, because I think the framework itself felt- has just gotten so far, it's gotten totally. so far away from us. But I mean, going back to what we were saying with TikTok and the conversation that you and I had the last time we spoke is I think it's our responsibility as individuals to do good and not Mm -hmm. like because not what we think is right but like what we know to be right in and that means like showing up and serving and helping and and being kind and today where we're where we're headed and, and where we've been is a lot it's very fear driven and right there's so much fear Mm -hmm. out there and it's tough because we've gone again a little bit too far down the rabbit hole of of likes and like there would be complete and total anarchy if we took away the follower count like people are freaking out about likes because you're right. There is this shift of brands think, Oh, yeah. they get a lot of likes on photos. So then they get they're on like all they get seen more and things like that. And so they pay them and that's not really the case because they pay for the, it's just this, it's very like misconstrued. And like you said, the, the the fact that people pay for likes is insane to me. The people yeah. that the fact that people pay for followers, like, yeah, is there, I mean, I'm so guilty of this. Like, I don't have 10,000 followers on Instagram because I I'm not just pushing out content to push out content to make myself look relevant or popular. Like I'm putting stuff out there to share my heart and my message and that takes time and thought and I'm also doing like 20,000 other things, but there's like this given this taken this like pull That I feel because, like, yeah, you do. Like, you want to get 10,000 followers and you want to do this. I think, like, that – I keep saying 10 because, like, you know, there's so much more accessibility and things that you get to do when you get 10,000 followers. And so people, like, gun for that number. And we spend so much time, like, obsessing over it that we just, again, lose all the value and lose everything of what that was supposed to be about. And because that's where everybody is right now, it's really – like, it's – It's very difficult for me to see how, with that framework of Instagram, how we could do better except for just show up individually the way that you feel proud to show up and of integrity to show up in this life. I mean, that's the only thing. It's going to come down to the individual at the time. But where I think we could um, kind of pivot a little is, like you're saying, I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk says TikTok is going to be the new Instagram or at least whatever. And I think that there's a huge opportunity here because – Because we can take what, like I said, what could what Instagram could have been, but instill that confidence and that camaraderie and those values in a younger generation with what we now know and what we wish we would have known when this platform came to be. And when you and I talked last, I said, people, especially of that generation, when it comes down to instilling confidence, I think that they should just completely flip all of academia when it comes to, uh, like... K through 12 on its head instead of like, yeah, like math and science and all those things are really important, but coping mechanisms and, um, like mindset and perspective and those kinds of things, because it is so important for kids to know and people to know in general how much power they have over themselves and how much power they have over their mind. Nobody can make you feel anything. You feel that because that is a reaction but if you take that pause moment where somebody says something mean to you or does something mean to you because like we all at the, especially at that age like we all make mistakes we're all figuring it out we all For are sure. pretty reactionary humans but if we can help kids at a at a younger at a younger age to like take that pause instead of living from a reactionary place to live with like with intentional action then holy crap like who who would we be where would we be what would the world look like if we just um, taught confidence and taught that kind of power over your own mindset where what would that look like and so I think with platforms that are super new like TikTok like where people are mostly posting dance videos and content that I think is like crazy but also because i'm not part of that generation like how do we people that want to make a difference um take a step back maybe from instagram and say okay how do we make a difference well we start with where we wish somebody would have made a difference with us which i think the great opportunity is with tiktok and to be able to instill that kind of confidence and those kind of values in the younger generation and so there's so many people that work in um, self-development out there that are starting to make accounts and really just dump that kind of value in because there's, there is, it is invaluable for a child to Mm -hmm. know that nobody can take their power away. And I think as a society, we would so be better off because of it. And I think that it's all of our responsibility as far as parents, uh, like just, I mean, adults in any kind of authoritative position and just like, um, like myself, you, all of us, to take responsibility on what we can do to leave a more positive impact with the next generation. Because, I mean, it started with millennials where everybody just was like, oh, they're narcissistic. Oh, they're social media. Oh, they don't understand this. They don't understand that. They don't even know how to write a check. It's just this degrading like, cycle and it's only going to get worse because we're only going to get more advanced in technology and things are only going to get more disconnected, so I think that the way that we combat that is to show up in these spaces and use them to positively infect or positively affect, um, like, confidence and instill confidence and, like, values and power on who we are individually and how much that happiness and joy and, like, living a fulfilling life should come... First, and even if that means that you don't end up in college, like, so what school system? So what?
0: (laughs) Right. You know what? I think that that's such good advice too, and and so valuable for people to hear. And you know, something that you and I talked about that we have no issue talking about it, and it's really important to touch on is violence and specifically violence in schools and this kind of goes along with everything because violence is getting worse and we have a major issue and you know we're on the same page that we aren't afraid to speak our minds and i personally feel that the violence stems from many areas and deeper rooted issues that can be spotted in young children and this is something that we can do as a society to make it better to prevent these things from happening and i think it's something that teachers and parents like you said i mean they need to be aware of their kids and and what. You you know, they're consuming and what's going on in the school system. And it's so much more than just stopping gun violence and changing gun laws, which can help, but it starts at the root. It starts at home. You know, to make a real change, we need to start at the root and be aware of what's happening in these kids' lives at a young age and, you know, do something about it. And, you know, I've spoken to teachers who, work with younger kids and they've told me about ones that they're concerned about and it's within those moments that we need to take action because when nothing is done those bad emotions build up and I believe you know that leads to mental instability and it's almost their retaliation and that's just one way of retaliating so many kids retaliate in other ways that are not violent or it could you know be self-sabotage or suicide or, or so many different things and social media it's leading to a lot of negative emotions and it's something that you know we can change And as someone who was bullied, you know, I had a lot of anger and I was fortunate to have an amazing support system, but so many kids are closed off and they don't have that support system and no one is helping them. So like, where do you think that the violence stems from in, in 2019 and how do you think we can make a change in our society, whether it's at home or the education system to avoid, to avoid this?
1: I, I love all of that. I was like, just taking it all in. I, I. I I think it comes down like what I was just <clears throat> what I was just saying is and to expand on that it's yeah. that I had a um a close friend of mine who has children she was saying I get so worried about um my kids going to school because of them being bullied and I want them to know that I love them more than anything and I think that they're amazing and special and beautiful souls and that they're talented. And I want them to know that like, I I believe that and that I support them and whatever they choose and whoever they love. And I said, I think that that's remarkable. I think that's beautiful because so many children are not blessed with that, unfortunately. But I think what is the most Mm -hmm. important thing is that if you have a job where you're influencing young minds That you take every opportunity you can to instill confidence in that child, not because you believe it, but because they believe it. And Mm -hmm. it's like whatever makes them weird or whatever makes them unique or whatever, like, let's throw a hype party about it. Like, I think that there's nothing because like what you said about, um, like damage, it all comes from pain or like violence. Yeah. It all comes from pain, suicide, um, reacting out because you don't feel like people listened or understood or um, there, or you don't think that you just don't agree with things. It all comes from pain and it all stemmed from a place that we're taught because there's no. I mean, I say this and then I hesitate because I'm like, well, except if you're a sociopath, but there, but like, there's no place. I always have to be accurate in everything that I say. And so I'm like, well, except for this one circumstance, but most people are not. Right. Um, and yeah. And so no child, if you see it's like why everybody loves going on social media and seeing like kids playing. It's why, Oh, that video of um, that artist that came to the wall and built those seesaws between Mexico and the United States. I don't know if you saw it, but it was absolutely beautiful. Um, Please, like, if you're you're listening to this and you want to look at it, it's, like, just go to Google and type in, uh, like, like Mexico um, U.S. wall seesaws, and it'll come up because these kids, they were playing with each other. Like, these seesaws were built. One side was on Mexico, one side was in the United States, and these kids were getting the opportunity to play because kids don't see a difference they don't they are taught difference they are taught right. things like this and so i think it's just really important for all of us every every single one of us and the the reason and the only way that it happens consistently if you make it if you continue to make it a habit within yourself and that starts individually with how we speak to ourselves every day because how you speak to yourself That's is how it bleeds over into how you um, react and how you show up energetically in all of your relationships and everything you do in life and if you're a negative person or if you if, and I mean negative person in that like you speak to yourself negatively oh well I can't do that oh well, I'm fat oh I need to lose this amount of weight oh I need to um run faster I need to work harder I need to whatever whatever you keep uh, negatively like making the conversation in your head towards yourself that's going to subconsciously like overflow into the rest of your life. And if that's happening to in relationships with people that you have as an adult, then that's how like kids are also perceiving it. And if we can collectively, I used to work on a sales team um, before I started working at the agency that I worked at and I used to come into that job and it was a male dominated environment, super competitive, kind of scary on some days but I would ask my sales team I'd be like what's your color today and they'd be like what and I'd be like okay listen so anybody who's listening to this when you wake up in the morning I want you to think about what color you want to be today because if everybody could see what if you could see like if you think about if you believe in whatever like aura so if, picture if you could see everybody's aura in a room when you're walking down the street, whatever, and whatever your power color is, or like you're completely full, completely like in a place of joy and satisfaction and power and just yeah. whatever that looks like for you, whatever that color, like your best day, your best self, what is that color? What color would you be putting out, what would your aura look like? What color would that be? And then every day, try to find some version. I know we can't be in that perfect state every day, but try to picture yourself emanating a color. And if you show Mm -hmm. up in gray or blah, blah, or like some like dull, blah color, there is no possible way that if we walked into a room and we saw somebody who had a shade of gray emanating from their body that we would not try to do something to change that. Or there's th- mm-hmm. or that they couldn't possibly be influenced by the rest of the people in the room that made the whole world look like a bowl of fruity pebbles. Like no, it just wouldn't happen that way. So I think it's our part like part of our responsibility every day to like choose your color. And then, like, do your yeah. very best to show up as that because that's leaving an, a lasting effect. Can you imagine if you could see it around the whole world? Like, our sky would be beautiful.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. I, I seriously love that. I've never thought about that before. And I feel like that's really good advice for anybody listening, to that they can apply to their own life. And speaking of advice, I like to end this on, like, a positive note with some good advice and bring everything full circle Um, so you went after your passion and you have built an incredible community and what is the first step that someone should take who is trying to pursue their passion just like you did?
1: The first step. So I feel like it's really important. I do hugely promote community and you would probably think that my first step would be to go tell somebody but I do a practice every single morning where I write down um, three statements of gratitude from the last 24 hours so it's really easy to write down things that you're grateful for in general like I'm super grateful for my supportive family I'm very grateful for this platform that allows us to connect on such an in such an authentic way but that's that's easier. Let's get more specific. Let's like niche it down. And so I take the last 24 hours. I do this every morning where I write down three things in that last day that I'm grateful for last night. And this morning I wrote down, I'm grateful that Adam brought home dinner. So I didn't have to cook because I was exhausted. (laughs) Um, So things like that, it doesn't have to be like super spiritual or super just like, mountain moving it can they can be small you can be grateful for your cup of coffee like you can be grateful for that because you can just but you like but sit in that gratitude and once you're in a place where you feel like like you know when you feel grateful when you feel in flow with that then I write down 10 goals for my life as if I've already done them and when you sit with yourself in those quiet moments in a place of, of founded in gratitude, whatever comes up for you, though that's that's the path. That's the place to start. Because if you can take out of those ten places, out of those ten goals in your life, if you can find the one that if you did that one first, it would make the rest of them easy. There's a quote from a book called I think it's called The First Thing. And it the quote says, um, like or pick the goal that whenever the tide comes in, all the ships rise. So it's not just like you're, you're not trying to lift just one of the boats, but when the tide comes in, they all rise. So you find that one goal, that first goal, and it doesn't matter if it's like the scariest one on there. If that first goal, that scariest first goal is the goal that's going to make all those other goals more accessible to obtain and to accomplish, then that's the goal you start with. And then that is the goal that you tell someone about. That is the goal you relentlessly tell people about because somebody will help you start.
0: That is so true. That is seriously amazing advice. I think we're um, the same person because I literally do the same thing. And it's so funny that you said the first, it's not funny, but it's true. Um, When you said the three, you you start your day with, um, by stating three things you're grateful for. I actually, I, I'm a big believer in gratitude. So I do that every day. Um, and the other thing that I did was recently, I got my boyfriend Pedro to start doing the same thing. So every morning when we wake up and every night before we go to sleep, so we do it twice, we each say to each other three things that we are grateful for. And just like you said, they can be really small things, sometimes my my boyfriend's not a morning person sometimes he wakes up in the morning i'm like here we go three things what are you grateful for right now like it's all within 24 hours like you said and he's like i'm grateful i woke up next to you and i'm like yes there's one thing it could be the smallest thing but at least you know it it feels good like you, you you realize how much you have so you know I I do that also. I think that's such great advice and this has been so insightful, Uh, but but before we go, would you let everyone know where they can find you? I'm going to link everything in the podcast notes, but there's a lot of people who don't check the podcast notes and I want to make sure that they come and listen to your podcast and join your group and everything.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been such a pleasure to just speak my truth and, and just Speak authentically from my heart, yeah. and thank you for creating the space that makes me feel safe to do that. Um, so thank you for your time. And if people want yeah. to follow me on Instagram, that's where I live mostly. It's at She's Hungry Co, so it's just S H E S Hungry H U N G R Y Co, co. Um, and that's kind of where I hang out most of the time. My podcast will be coming back on October 1st for the second season and that's She's Hungry podcast. You can find that on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes wherever you like to listen to podcasts I will be over there and this season is going to be a doozy I'm so so excited um, You can also find me on at She's Hungry on Facebook and my website that is She'sHungryCo.com and that's where you can find out all of the ways to get involved because there are so many. It's insane um, and I will not name them all here because again, I'm just the girl who likes to get her hands in everything. So, um, I whatever way any, <laughs> you, you want to, any way anybody wants to serve, wants to be a part of the community, you can find it there. So thank you yeah, so go, much.
0: Guys, go check her out. Oh my gosh. Of course. Thank you for being here and being open and honest. And I can't wait to make a difference together. Yes. yeah.